Hey, this is Jacqueline Kitzman. This is the Awaken Tarot Podcast. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> okay. I mean, I uh, I am glad you're here, but that sounded so. I was like, I was about to start singing "Welcome to the We Welcome You to the Neighborhood," Mister Roger style. <clears throat> I have tried to record this episode already, but my I say this every week, and it is simply because I like it rained and has been raining. And my asthma gets really bad when it rains. Um, And then afterwards for a few days, just because like of all of like the mold and the pollen and stuff that shakes from the trees. Spring in general is just a really hard time for my asthma. So please excuse my hacking. (laughs) I hate it just as much, if not more than many of you. I promise. That was not coughing. That was me sipping my LaCroix. So let's just kind of dive into current events real quick. Um, You know, we've got like the standard shit going on, like the taking away of the right for people to control their bodies when it comes to Roe v. Wade and abortion. Um, We've got a war in Ukraine. We still have a woman led revolution happening in Iran that is is getting almost no coverage, even though it is still happening. Just rampant anti uh, trans laws happening across the U.S. I mean, some of the most hateful fucking rhetoric I've ever heard in my life spreading wildly across red states in the United States. You know, I'm looking at you, Florida. I'm looking at you, Tennessee. I'm looking at you, Montana. What the fuck, Montana? Montana um, is has decided to completely silence Representative Zoe Zephyr. Zephyr? She is a transgender representative and legislator in Montana, and she has been completely silenced by the Republicans and the GOP in Montana. She is not allowed to speak. She's not allowed to enter the people's house. She's not allowed to do any of the things that she was democratically elected to do. And it's quite frankly, one of some of the most fucking hateful, transphobic shit I've seen. I can't I can't even fucking believe it. I mean, it's right on par with the ousting of Justin Jones and Justin Pearson in the Tennessee House, except they were reinstated days later by their by their constituents and by supportive metro um, councils um, and in their constituent base. And Zoe, while she does, I, I just watched that she went to Missoula and her constituents met her with a lot of cheers and like a big crowd of people cheering her on and screaming for her and encouraging her to continue doing what she's doing in the face of utter harassment. I saw a TikTok yesterday of her entering the the people's house and not being allowed to go into the room where all of the other politicians are. And she sat in, in a public space, in the public space where she's illegally allowed to be. And she was harassed by several representatives and legislators telling her that she could not be there and that it was inappropriate that she was there. And I mean, the fact that she sits through this and she is calm and she's fucking collected and she doesn't fucking scream back. She's a fucking better person than I could ever be because I would have cat clawed those motherfuckers faces off like and she and she deserves to. She deserves to fucking shriek. She deserves to fucking lose her mind about this, but she's just like cool as a fucking cucumber in the face of just like some of the worst hate, some of the worst fucking hate and transphobia. Um, so my heart goes out, goes out to her as she as she navigates this. And I'm very hopeful. And if you live in Montana, 
please contact your representatives. Please email. Please call. I will write you out scripts to send. If I will find your representatives. I will find their numbers. I will... I will write you out a whole script to like say on a phone call or write out in an email. I'm happy to do so because that's all I can do to help from fucking Tennessee, which has its own fucking problems. But I, I can do that and I will do that for you if you live in Montana and, and, and don't even know how to go about finding representatives. I will genu- I would genuinely love to help you. Um, yeah. Fucking awful. And my, and my heart goes out to her and the courage it fucking takes to show up in the face of all of that goddamn hate. I just, all my love, all my love to her and her family and her constituents as they kind of battle this process. Um, now on to some unfortunate news I got this morning. This is kind of a tough one. So, uh, in Cleveland, Texas, five people were killed, um, by their neighbor with an AR-15 style, a weapon, they it was a family i feel like there were eight people in this house um they went outside to ask their neighbor to stop shooting his ar-15 style weapon in the streets in his in his yard or whatever because their baby was trying to sleep and it was night and he was drunk and inebriated to the point where he decided to take his ar-15 style weapon and do with it what AR-15 style weapons are designed to do. And he went inside that family's home and killed five people. One of them was an eight-year-old, an eight-year-old, eight through 40, kind of the age group. Two other children were found in the home with the, and this is disturbing, so please understand that. They were found alive, but under the body of the deceased adult's deceased adults who were covering them with their bodies um i'm sorry like i don't even know how to like properly um talk through this because it's like there's obviously a lot wrong with the shooter a lot wrong with mental health and like anger all of those things he got mad that they at that this family asked him to keep it down because it was night and their baby was trying to sleep and he killed them. As far as I know, as of right now at the recording of this episode, they are still searching for him and he is on the loose. They know who did it. He's on the run in Cleveland, Texas. Please be careful, Cleveland, Texas. I don't want to fear monger. They, they could have caught him and I just don't know it because I'm recording. Like I'm trying to like I'm updating the fucking thing, but I may not know it just because I'm simply recording when they if they find him but i'll i'll do my best to kind of keep things updated this is a tragedy that could not have happened if ar-15 style weapons were not available to civilians all it's an echo chamber i said this before and i'll say it again it's an echo chamber everybody who specifically anybody who stays to hang around for the current events section like all of you i'm sure all of you feel the same way fuck ar-15 style weapons we should not have them and so i'm not going to sit here and preach to you and the way that i've preached a thousand times before i am just going to say it is now the time to take action it's not enough to denounce the fact that we need ar-15s it's not enough to just simply say from your room i demand gun reform it's to say that's the same energy as like michael scott coming out and screaming i declare bankruptcy it's great (laughs) fan fan fucking tastic um but you actually have to do things like 
it's time for us to be attending protests if we can. I understand it's scary because people are killing people out in the public. But if you have extra money, put it towards legislation for gun reform. If you have extra time, contact your representatives. Once again, I am more than happy to find your representatives, more than happy to find anybody supporting the NRA. I'm more than happy to figure out what representative you need to contact specifically, even like down to your fucking county. I will find them for you and I will write you out a script. I am more than happy to do so. It makes me feel like I'm doing something other than screaming into an echo chamber on my podcast. We have to do something. It's not enough to just say, I hate AR-15 style weapons and we shouldn't have them. Like, it's great for you personally to have that view, but it's now time for every single one of us who can do something to do something. And please let that sit on your heart because what's not okay is, you know, I was talking to somebody yesterday and they were talking to me about reactionary versus Ashley. I'm looking at you. Um, But they were saying something about, you know, reactionary care is great, but wouldn't it be better putting our efforts into preventative care? And that just like, yeah, it fucking would. So, you know, if we can rather than like every time someone fucking dies, multiple people die in a mass shooting and we go, oh, fuck those AR-15 style weapons. We shouldn't have them. We can take a proactive stance now and we can actively work towards banning AR-15 style weapons from civilians. We can actively work towards voting for people in office who are going to say, fuck you, NRA. We can actively help end voter suppression so that everybody can get their vote out. We can offer to drive people to and from the voting poll. We can offer to stand by people in line and stand with them and help them advocate for themselves. If someone tries to tell them the vote, like the polls are closed, even though there's still people outside waiting to vote. Like there are so many little ways, tangible things we can do paying for somebody's Uber so they can get back and forth if you're not available to drive them helping them sign up for early voting and mail in their and mail in their vote, helping people even know if they're registered, taking people with anxiety and helping them explain how this works. There are so many tiny little ways we can vote, even talking, even being open to like planting little seeds with your conservative family's mind who like we love AR-15, like being willing to make Family dinner is uncomfortable if you're safe to do so, because, again, you know, some pe- some of these people have AR-15. So please, please don't please be careful that I'm not advocating for you to get shot at Sunday brunch. I'm just saying that if you feel safe to do so, dropping these little nuggets of defiance, you know, make make them fucking uncomfortable to have these fucking views <laughs> because it's getting because people are dying and it's just a matter of time before one of us ends up in the in the wrong place at the wrong time somebody i love my family me somebody you love you like i it's not so much an if now as as a when and it's and that's a terrifying thing um with that um that will conclude the current event section i'm sure i have missed something i'm so sorry um but i i of course i do my best to hit to hit as much as i can on these Um, The card we are going to talk about today is the King of Wands. And I have a fever dream that I've done this card before. I checked, triple checked, quadruple checked. Thank you, Kristen, for the Excel spreadsheet that I forgot to fill out for three weeks. So I have to go back in. And then I so anyway, uh, I've not talked about this card, um, but we are going to talk about it today. So first and foremost, let me explain um, what it looks like, the imagery of it. And of course, I'm using the Smith Rider weight deck, 
we've got a king. They are on a throne. Their their whole throne is in an arid place in like a desert. The scepter they're holding is a wand. They've got a long red cloak on with kind of a green shawl. And then their cape is long and like kind of a muted yellow color with salamanders um, eating their tails, which is a symbol. It's kind of an infinity symbol. Um, and typically it's done with snakes, but these are salamanders, which are snake adjacent. So it works. There are also lions with um, fiery tails um, on the throne and the cloak as well. Um, by the king's feet, there's a little salamander. And so let's kind of, so that's the imagery. Let's now look at the traditional meaning of this card. First, oh, it, let me Missy Elliott reverse it for a minute. Um, also, court cards are delible elemented, so kings are fire and wands are fire. So this is a very on fire type of card. Like, you know, this is the king, so we're, we're, we're dealing with like, uh, the the kind of fire that can fuel entire kingdoms here. Like this is someone whose fire is so lit and so eternal that it's able to fuel warm, keep an entire kingdom going. Okay. So this is a pretty major, pretty big deal fire here. Traditionally, court cards are difficult because people will say, oh, this court card represents somebody that's coming into your life or this court card represents an angry man with red hair who's coming to burn down your house. Like, court card um the histories in the court card and tarot can be super confusing but i teach tarot as internal first so this isn't necessarily it could be talking about another person if that's kind of like the question you were framing it as but in essence here the king of wands is double fire this is somebody who is i i read something somewhere that said this king is not creative this is this is not a creative or innovative card and i was kind of confused because like creativity instinct in innovativeness is kind of like all themes of the suit of wands so I don't necessarily agree with that though I can <clears throat> kind of see the point they were making um the the king of wands is someone who is has enough flame inside of them that they are able to fuel a kingdom like this is your hype man okay this is your hype human I didn't mean to gender the card here that was just that's just a phrase okay but like this is your hype person. Like this is the this is the person you're gonna call when you just really need to be like, hey, uh, this good thing happened. That could be a spouse, a sibling, a partner, your bestie. Um, you know, a stranger. It could also be that part of yourself where you go in and you look at yourself and you say, self, I fucking love you. This is the energy that tells you to like look in the mirror and say, I love how I look today. This is the energy that makes you listen to music and you're with your earphones on and you feel like you're in a music video this is like the endless fucking energy or fuel you have to do something that you fucking love or you feel intrinsically like attached to like i love i i love reading i have always loved reading and there's like a constant fuel a constant fire that keeps that passion going this is the king of wands this is a person who is so fiery and creative and excited that like they fuel other people their fire is catching this is this is parts of you that can get you excited or motivated to do things this is that this is that friend you go to this is fire and fire it's promethean it's 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 fire that you know how to use for warmth it's fire you can use to cook it's fire you can use to form weapons it's fire you can use to fuel an entire kingdom and that's 
so amazing because this fire is fueled by other fire. That's the infinite salamander here, right? You've got two sets of fire here. The salamander, when it eats itself, it's talking about the infinity circle, right? Or just eats itself and comes out and then eats itself. And that's this fire. It is fire that is fueled by more fucking fire. And when we pull this card in a reading, we are creative. We are innovative. We are fueled by our instincts. We do have desire to get shit done. We are capable of doing it. We in ourselves are a kingdom. Our homes are a kingdom. The things that we love are a kingdom. You know, sometimes this card comes up. So I do struggle with like, I do struggle with depression and I do, um, it's from my CPTSD and I do struggle sometimes with I was talking to uh, talking to my husband in the car the other day, and I was like giving him my my whole little depressive episode speech about like sometimes things are really hard, and sometimes I really just like wish I could like have like a have a big sleep, not death, an actual just long sleep before you start to worry about me. And he was just like, he didn't say anything. He let me vent. He knows me and not well enough to know that I need to sometimes I just need to like have a pessimistic rant. And then that night um, after we put Evie to bed and it was a super long day of car trouble and both of us being sick and I got hit with the flu, the stomach flu, and then the flu this <laughs> over the course of the last two weeks. So um, it's been a lot and our car engine lights went on after we had already done all of this car work and I was just like done, done, fucking done. And um he let me rant. We put Evie to bed and he came over to sit on the couch across from me and he rubbed my feet and I was just like, thank you. That's really nice. And he just kind of looked to me. I'm going to cry because it was like the sweetest thing ever. And he said, I can't deliver the big happiness. I'm not always I'm not capable of delivering to you like the great news you know, the, the, we won the lottery news that we've bought this new car news. He goes, but I am so good at the small happiness. I am so good at the foot rubs and that I made extra coffee and I can do, I can, I will do as many little things as I can to make you happy. Anything I'm capable of. And that is the king of wands energy. Okay. Like, Oh my God, I'm going to cry. Cause it was so sweet. And I just looked at him and I was like, all of those little happy, like all of those little things he does, like it makes me really big happy. And he is that fire for me. Even when things are fucking awful, like he has this ability to like spark this flame and it feeds my flame. And then I'm like, wow, you know what? Like <clears throat> I may drive a 1997 Toyota whose check engine like <laughs> comes on every two weeks, but fuck, I married someone who gives me foot rubs when I'm like really fucking down. Like I married someone who finds all, who does all of the little things they can to make life worth living. And that is King of Wands energy. When this card comes up in a reading, it's, hey, like, what's going to fuel your fire today? What's going to fuel that fire? Should you make coffee the night before so you don't have to take the extra five minutes to fill the pot? It's already done. Little happiness. Is it that you take a little bit extra time to do your makeup that morning and use the glitter eyeshadow simply because it'll give you a little extra pep in your step. Extra happiness, a little bit of extra fire. Is it your friend, partner, spouse, sibling, whatever, um, asking them if they can pick you up a little cup of coffee on the way to wherever you're meeting just simply because it's something you'll have? Great. Is it you doing those things for another person when you see their fire kind of starting to fizzle out? I didn't like it. It's that is King of Wands energy. It's finding ways to be. It's finding ways to stoke the fire of yourself and of others when you're feeling a little down. 
you know, and this could be even a microchasm example is like, I am learning to draw and I am not good. I am getting better, but I am not good. And it can be really disheartening to draw something and be like, Jesus Christ, the eyes are fucked up again. Why can I not get this right? Why is it no matter how much I like shorten or lengthen this chin and jaw, it still doesn't look right. And it can be really disheartening. But then I look at like where I was at the beginning and every single thing I draw, even if it's like actually not good, like the shading on this one was good or the nose was a lot better on this one. Or I'm actually starting to do like semi uh, realistic pupils on eyes. And that's good. Like the whole picture as a whole may not be something worth framing, but like little pieces are, and that's enough to fuel that fire. So look for the little things, look for where those fires bloom, look for, you know, there's this saying that's like when a tragedy occurs, look for the helpers. Those are the Kings of wands. Those people who, after the tornado ripped our town apart in 2020, who were cleaning up debris, who were helping people, who were storing people's belongings in their garages, who did all of the stuff, like look for the helpers. Those are the people they're going to fuel fire. When we're talking about all of the shit that's happening in this hellscape that is the United States, look for the helpers, look for the people advocating, look for the people who are showing up to protest and organizing when it feels so fucking helpless. Those are the kings of wands. They are innovative. They are creative. They are do have that spark and they are and it's a consistent flame that flame may get smaller that flame may grow big but the flame is consistent and that is king of wands energy it's little foot massages when you're having a shitty day it's a your coffee's already made and you thought to do it for yourself the night before so all you had to do was pour and leave it's that extra 10 seconds you took to add the glitter to your eyeshadow it's not allowing yourself to have to, to buy a new dress for, for months and months because you want to contain a little bit extra money. But you know what? It would actually be really nice to have clothes that one outfit that properly fits you. So you buy that dress and yep, that's $40 gone, but it's a lot on the confidence. This is not me telling people with shopping addictions to buy more dresses. This is me saying that giving yourself permission to live is king of wands. You reminding yourself that there are helpers that there are little happinesses and all of those little happinesses, they make up the big happiness. They make up the big happiness. They make up the big motivation. Every little drawing you do, you get better. Every single day you wake up, you get more determined to fucking wake up. Every single time you battle your social anxiety by leaving your house, that's a muscle that you're flexing. That's king of wands. It is the endless pursuit of fueling that flame. When you're pulling this card, don't think of it as an angry man. <laughs> think of it as, think of it as, <laughs> think of it as Gabe giving you a little foot massage. Um, th think of it as the endless pursuit of happiness. That endless pursuit of finding contentment and joy and the motivation to do so because that is king of wands. It's enough fire and, and continual flame to fuel a kingdom. It's one person has enough stamina one person has enough energy one person has enough instinct motivation creativity and innovativeness that it can inspire everything think about what justin jones and justin pearson and gloria johnson have done they're from you know three smaller districts in tennessee and now they are voices that are heard across the fucking nation have you heard justin jones or justin pearson fucking give a speech they are iconic like it will go everything they say. I'm just like, that's going in a history book. That's going in a history book. I've never, I haven't heard, 
I've never heard someone in this generation speak the way that they speak. That is King of Wands, the endless fucking pursuit that in the face of absolute tyranny, devastation, fascism, it's Zoe Zephyr going into after being denied access to her to do what she was fucking elected to do, showing up and sitting in the public space and and working from there. That is King of Wands fucking energy. And it is some of the most beautiful fucking energy you can attain and we all have it even when you feel like we don't there is someone there that's still burning you are still burning in some way you just have to find that little happiness so yeah i'll have you guys know that i tried to record this before and i was like i don't have anything to say about the king of wands and then i gave myself a couple minutes to scroll on tiktok and then i was like i have things to say so i'm glad that i i'm glad i decided to give myself a beat because i feel like I have connected way more to the King of Wands now. As we all know, it is that part of the podcast where I, real quick, take some puffs off of my rescue inhaler. (laughs) Excuse me. I'm back. I can breathe. Um, It is, (laughs) it's the collective, it is the collective reading. The, the the card for the next coming week is justice. And I've actually talked a lot about justice lately, surprisingly. Um, I think like four or five people in the tarot scopes that I do for Patreon um, at the $20 tier, I do like tarot scopes for each month. I feel like justice has been like a card that I've pulled for several people. So it's obviously for like going into the collective. So I've done a lot of talking about justice the last few days as I get ready to send those out. Justice comes in the death line and it's it comes in the death line midway through the death line for a reason. And this is why in justice, we are seeking balance, you know, the balance of a sword, the balance, the balance of ruling and delving out punishment or laws, but also the balance of scales, which is making sure that things are equitable in the way that they need to be. Justice talks about karmic ties Justice also says, talks about this. And I think this is, this is going to sound morbid, but hang with me for a second. Justice comes with this mantra that plays in my head, which is, we all deserve to die. We all deserve to die, not because we're bad or we are sinners or we suck, but we all deserve to die simply because we were born. We all deserve to be born because we're souls and we all deserve to die because we lived It's just the way that nature works. That's the balance of it, right? With every ending is a beginning and justice is there to kind of remind us midway through right before we hit the death card, we go justice, hanged man, death, temperance, because the death line doesn't end in death. It ends in rebirth. Justice is a reminder that we deserve life as much as we deserve death. We deserve peace as much as sometimes we we do kind of have to go through the shit. Not because it's fate or it's meant to be that way, but simply because bad things happen to us because we live and great things happen to us simply because we live. Life is wonderful and life is shitty. And that is just how it is because that's how it goes. Um. Our job as humans is to work within those things to make things as fair and equitable as 
for all humans as possible, but it's also our job to live. It's our job to live in the face of death. And I'm not talking, I'm not telling you all you're going to die this week. I'm saying that sometimes things do have an ending and or a transformation, but our job is to not live our lives waiting for the day that something ends or we die. So if you're sitting there and you're like, wow, like I, I feel like things in my relationship are really good right now, but I'm really afraid that like, what if, what if we break up? You know, you can worry about you could worry about the eventual outcome of a relationship or you could just enjoy where you're at right now and not worry so much about what how it fucking ends up. Enjoy where you are. You can think about, you know, like for me, an example is that like I still don't have a job and I have to find somewhere in August and I just bought a swimsuit because I'm going with my family to the beach for a vacation sometime in June um, so that my parents can spend some time with Evie. And I bought a swimsuit. I haven't bought a swimsuit in fucking years. Um, And I don't have a job. And like, I'm panicking. I have the money right now. I'm still getting paid. But I'm sitting there panicking about potentially not being having a job in July and August when the reality is that I probably will. Why am I carrying all of that worry for it right now? Justice is saying fucking live. It's not saying blow your savings and the name of living. It's saying like, Don't worry so much about the outcome of something because even endings come with beginnings. You cannot separate those two things. And we deserve both beginnings and endings simply because we're living. We deserve big transformations and hard transformations and wonderful transformations and good things and bad things simply because we are alive and that's how life works. Um, In the end, ideally, it does find some sort of balance. It doesn't always feel that way. Believe me. Um, It can be really hard, but this coming week, I encourage you to find, find, remember that you deserve to live and, and try. And when you start to worry, or if you start to have some sort of anxiety, like remember to yourself that you deserve to fucking live and that there's a balance to everything. And if you're going through a really hard time, remember that with every contraction, we have an expansion waiting for us equal to the contraction. I, that that ideology alone has gotten me through some of like the shittiest and lowest points of my life. So, all right. Well, I don't actually know if this is the week Gabe does stars and shit, but if he does stars and shit this week, then boom. Um, but if he doesn't, then, you know, thank you all for being here. And I wanted to do a little reminder that once we reach 300 reviews between Apple and Spotify, I'm going to pie my husband. No, I'm not going to pie him in the face. We're going to have a pie war. We're going to pie each other in the face. We are going to record ourselves throwing pie at each other. Um, I'm going to encourage you to review the podcast because I, it really helps get the podcast out there. But also the semantics of figuring out how to film an entire pie war have me stressed a little bit. So, you know, take your time or don't. I don't know. Um, all right. See ya. Is that what you're going to call it, though? Is that what you're going to call it? Do I get to name it? Stars and shit. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Stars and Shit, your monthly dose of astrology with Gabe. Since this is a tarot podcast, I'm going to talk about a couple transits for the month of April and then give some ideas for readings that you can do based on the planets and symbolism. Um, Today's short segment here will be all about the lunar eclipse in Scorpio that is happening on May 5th. We just came off of a solar eclipse which happened earlier this month. Um, which had a lot of energy to it. Um, I remember that day, and 
Um, I remember just waiting for something profound to happen, and there was there was an odd kind of energy in the air that even people who weren't aware necessarily of the astrology happening were commenting about. So I thought that was pretty cool. Lunar eclipses tend to be a little bit different. They are they are darker in that they have to do with more of the subconscious or emotional, um, sometimes the past or past traumas and things like that. So um, just to kind of define it a little bit for you. Some themes that you could run into with this eclipse are catharsis um, and healing emotionally, ranging anywhere between like a nice hot bath to like uncomfortable amounts of steam or like cauterizing wounds. So like like hot water is, is the idea, Scorpio being a water sign and ruled by Mars. Um, letting go of past emotional or traumatic bondages, and then asking what's been culminating in the area of emotions, trauma, dreams, um, your Scorpio whole sign, which we'll talk about in just a few minutes, um, since spring of last year. So the next thing that I, want, that I want to talk about here are the kind of the use of cycles. And one of the things that you can do as an astrologer is to track cycles. Um, these cycles are called synodic cycles, which are the, the period of time it takes for a celestial body or a point in the solar system to get back to that same point. So there's two to kind of note on this. The, um, the first one would be uh, last year, this time, the, the last lunar eclipse in Taurus. And the other one would be the lunar eclipse in Scorpio that happened in November. Um, so that's what we're going to sort of focus on is the, is the one in November. And I'm sorry if this seems jumbled. I'm, we're all fighting through Mercury retrograde a little bit. I'm hoping there's some clarity coming for us all soon but i'm even looking at my the notes that i've made on this on this episode here and i'm i'm jumping around the page like i'm not even following my own notes here so so bear with me here the lunar eclipse of last november happened in taurus on um november 8th during that time the symbolism was of a a culmination of remembering past ideals and maybe a desire to rekindle some sort of flame, um, trouble accepting what is gone, or or actively also learning um, what to let go of, and then seeking clarity and wisdom in an area of your life to present an idea for yourself to want to break free. Um, all of these eclipses are co-present in some form or fashion with Uranus as well. Uranus has been in Taurus for quite some time. Um, so that adds kind of a revolutionary breakthrough um, element to this as well. So how you track the, the synodic cycle in astrology um, is to think about it in terms of the moon cycle. You have the new moon, the waxing crescent, first quarter, waxing gibbous, full moon, waning gibbous, gibbous last quarter, waning crescent and then back to the new moon just to go through them all um, and you can track any planet or point in the solar system this way i like to track eclipses because they're pretty easy and it's the one surefire thing i can mention like outside of the astro community that most people find interesting or can maybe resonate with 
So kind of blanket statement here, astrology is about seeing symbolism and making connections, which is something that certain people do very naturally. Uh, those, those who believe everything is chaos and just flying around and colliding are, are kind of less likely to attribute regular everyday events as evidence of astrological phenomenon. I'm not saying that there aren't those who, um, you know, don't fit that stereotype that I just made, but... Um, and, and I'm not saying that I think everything is laid out in the stars either, but there, there are those who do, and it's definitely possible to see it that way. Um, I, being a Libra rising, operate very much in the middle. So when we're talking about tracking a synodic cycle, we're literally looking at the point that it started and measuring it by the degree of how far it's gone. For example, if it's gone... If if it's ninety degrees away from from the point of the eclipse, then it's then it's going to embody some of the energy in the cycle as the same as the first quarter moon or the last quarter moon, depending on if it's first or second. Um, same with with uh, gibbuses and crescents, and then and then you get to where we are now, which is completely opposite of where the eclipse in November happened which is symbolic of a full moon in the, in the synodic cycle. So I hope you guys are, are tracking what I'm saying. And I forgot to mention specifically what you're tracking. It's uh, the full moons and new moons um, in, each, in each whole sign. So um, an example would be a full moon in Aquarius would be 90 degrees by whole sign away from a full moon in Scorpio and represent the first quarter moon part of the synodic cycle. So this means that things in that area of life will be in full bloom, um, or at their height of chaos, um, good or bad presenting. Um, the full moon was associated with the word lunatic for a while, and I'm for a while, I mean like historically, it's, it's not got great origins, but maybe you understand what I'm saying. Uh, so these things may be very much right in front of your face and easy to see um, if you know what you're looking for. This is also co-present with Uranus, which, um, as I said before, is revolutionary and eccentric and is going to try and push through boundaries, or in this sense, has been pushing through maybe some of your boundaries. And sometimes that can be uncomfortable. Um, so where in your life may have you, may, have you been more uncomfortable lately? Um, and we can analyze, analyze this on a collective level and on a personal level. Um, so again, look at where your Scorpion, Scorpio and Taurus are in your chart. Um, do you have planets there? Um, Taurus or Scorpio rising? Um, even if you don't have either one, it will, it will rule a house in your chart and maybe aspecting other planets. So, so don't get discouraged if it doesn't seem like there's not much going on in either of those places. Um, I, and I know that if you're between like 28 and 40 ish years old, that you probably have Pluto there, which would point to a generation of people who are like continue, continuously trying to, and advocating for change and, um, to perfect, um, aspects of their own lives and, and others' lives in, you know, however it may, it may represent for you. Um. Last thing to mention here is that both Scorpio and Taurus are fixed signs, which points to um, their determination, accuracy, and even 
rigidity in ways, um, in the ways that they go about it. Um, inevitable is a good keyword for for the energy here. So what what was inevitable that happened, or is there something that that happened recently that um, could not have been avoided even if you tried, um, collectively or in your own life, maybe? So to work with this moon, you could pull some cards and maybe journal about early November. November 8th, to be precise, which is, again, the lunar eclipse in Taurus. That could shed some light on what is coming. Um, again, astrology is about seeing patterns. So as you pull some cards for this lunar eclipse, imagine that the things that started growing now are in bloom and plain as day. Um, in full swing, for better or worse. Um, so what would be reasonable to expect is that these things are going to start down the second half of the cycle. Being in the full moon stage, it's going to start waning, um, symbolically speaking. So they will be begin to resolve and settle into a resting place by this coming November. So sorry that was a little bit jumbly, I'm just kind of jumbling jumbling through today um, but i hope that was helpful and i hope you have a great week and i will see you next month